hyperpigmentation. Hyperpigmentation is often associated with aging. However, there are actually many different types of pigmentation that dermatologists encounter. While not all forms of hyperpigmentation are the same, there are a few common pathways that effective treatment options can target. Melanocytes are the cells that produce pigment known as melanin. These three ingredients work effectively and holistically to regulate melanocyte activity, namely tranexamic acid, kojic acid, and niacinamide. In the formulation of an effective serum to treat hyperpigmentation, addition of 5% sulfonic acid has an added benefit of increasing skincare absorption by exfoliation. This enables the active ingredients to target the various cellular pathways involved in hyperpigmentation. This week's podcast is brought to you by SkinCeuticals, a leading cosmeceutical brand recommended by dermatologists worldwide. Hi guys, welcome to today's episode of Dermatologist Talks, Science of Beauty. Today's podcast episode is an in-depth delve into the science behind hyperpigmentation. Hyperpigmentation is often associated with aging. However, there are actually many different types of pigmentation that dermatologists encounter. It is important for the public to understand that not all forms of hyperpigmentation are the same. The first part of this podcast will give you a fundamental grounding in the actual processes that are responsible for the development of different types of hyperpigmentation. If you suffer from hyperpigmentation, you may have a better idea of why you are developing it. If you suspect that you have certain types of hyperpigmentation that we are discussing in this podcast, it is best that you visit an accredited dermatologist for an accurate diagnosis and treatment plans. The commonest type of pigmentation we see developing is age-related. This is in the form of sunspots, also known as age spots. Specifically, they are referred to as solar lentigo in medical terms. Sometimes these age spots could also be separate warts, which have a warty appearance. Solar lentigo develops due to photoaging. Ultraviolet exposure plays a direct role. The more sun exposure you have accumulated over the years, the higher the risk of developing solar lentigo. In individuals who have accelerated skin aging due to biological or environmental risk factors, they may start developing more hyperpigmentation due to sunspots earlier in their lives. Dermatologists generally regard aging as an event that commences after the age of 25. 
However, sun protection starts from the moment you are born. It is the years of sun exposure before the onset of your hyperpigmentation that is responsible. Therefore, using sunscreen is critical at every stage of your life. The second type of hyperpigmentation is commonly confused with sunspots. These are actually freckles, also known as aphylids. These develop in early childhood and are benign. This means that freckles are harmless and do not need to be treated. In fact, treatment outcomes for freckles are actually fairly poor as laser therapies can cause scarring. What causes freckles? Freckles are genetically determined. Individuals with red-colored hair or light-colored eyes may find themselves at a higher risk of developing multiple freckles. The third type of hyperpigmentation that we should be aware of is melasma. Melasma is a condition that is treated simply because it is cosmetically disfiguring. It can affect both men and women. However, it may be more common in females because of its hormonal links. Women find during various stages of their lives, including pregnancy, post-pregnancy, and during menopause, that there is a surge in the hormone estrogen. This has effects on women's skin. Melasma is a hormonally influenced condition. It is also affected by excess sunlight exposure. Hence, it is important to observe the same photoprotection measures as it is with other types of age-related hyperpigmentation. Treatment for melasma is difficult. It combines topical active ingredients that can inhibit melanin formation or remove melanin directly. Prescription medications often include bleaching creams. Creams for hyperpigmentation are used with lasers, such as the 1064 Q-switch nanometer laser, often in conjunction with superficial chemical peels. One type of hyperpigmentation that is very common as well is post-inflammation hyperpigmentation. It can be mild in the form of acne scars. It could also arise from chronic inflammation, such as with moderate to severe eczema of the face. Some types of hyperpigmentation can be due to drugs. If you have been on medications or suspect that you have been exposed to certain environmental toxins, you should be evaluated by a dermatologist. Drug-induced hyperpigmentation is generally rare. Finally, we must not forget another category of hyperpigmentation, which is very dangerous if misdiagnosed or ignored. This is why having your pigmentation diagnosed by an accredited dermatologist is critical. 
Certain types of dark spots are often misdiagnosed by non-dermatologists as age spots or sunspots, when in fact they are a rare form of skin cancer. Lentigo maligna is notorious for masquerading as a form of hyperpigmentation, when in fact it is a form of a very dangerous type of skin cancer known as melanoma. While that is fairly rare in our Asian population, there are other types of skin cancers, such as non-melanoma type skin cancers, known as basal cell cancers, squamous cell cancers. All these types of skin cancers may also be associated with hyperpigmentation. It is therefore critical that you should have an accurate diagnosis. I want to go into the sun protection measures in the second part of this podcast episode. All the types of hyperpigmentation we've discussed so far have one thing in common, which is that they involve the excess deposition of melanin. Melanin is produced by the melanocytes. These are the skin cells that produce pigment. In addition, melanin is also activated by sun exposure. Sun exposure is thought to wreak damage on the skin in a cumulative way. That means the total amount of damaging UV rays you accumulate in your entire lifetime will ultimately be seen in the effects on your skin. In tropical Singapore, we are exposed to 100% of the sun's harmful UV rays. These are the most intense from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Dermatologists generally advise against direct sun exposure during this time frame. Photoprotection can be in the form of wearing photoprotective clothing for the body. On the face, dermatologists recommend an SPF 50 broad spectrum sunscreen. It is important for you to choose a reliable brand backed by dermatologists because sunscreen is, in a sense, to be considered a medical rather than a cosmetic product. I feel that antioxidants in skincare now play a promising role in sun protection as well. Antioxidants actually offer an additional layer of protection when used together with sunscreens. Antioxidant ingredients directly neutralize the damaging free radicals generated at the surface of the skin. This is the process responsible for activation of melanocytes that increase the risk of hyperpigmentation. Specifically, we also should look for ingredients that have been proven to work at the level of the melanocytes. Tranexamic acid is a compound which is originally used as a medication and as an injectable for melasma patients undergoing treatment. How it works is this. It intervenes in the release of inflammatory compounds known as inflammatory mediators. This prevents the further inflammatory cascade that leads to excess melanin formation. 
Kojic acid is a tyrosinase inhibitor. Now, tyrosinase inhibitors are key in the therapeutics of melasma. Essentially, tyrosinase inhibitors restrict the production of melanin by inhibiting the enzyme tyrosinase. Kojic acid, as an example of a nature-derived active ingredient that works as a tyrosinase inhibitor, it is a natural byproduct of certain fungi, for example, and is also found in sake. Another active ingredient that is worth paying attention to in the treatment of hyperpigmentation is niacinamide. Niacinamide is actually a form of vitamin B, vitamin B3. How niacinamide works is this: it blocks the transfer of melanin. Melanin produced in the deepest skin layers generally migrate to the top layers of the skin over time, and this is where we see the effects of hyperpigmentation. Niacinamide works effectively. By blocking this movement and transfer, the potent combination of tranexamic acid, kojic acid, and niacinamide makes for an excellent holistic serum that can target multiple pathways involved in the various types of hyperpigmentation which we've discussed so far. It is equally important to consider how to increase the absorption of these active ingredients. In the formulation of an effective skincare product to treat hyperpigmentation, it is beneficial to increase absorption with exfoliation. Five percent sulfonic acid. Incorporated in a serum specifically designed to target hyperpigmentation is efficacious. This enables the active ingredients to target the various cellular pathways involved in hyperpigmentation. Sulfonic acid is an exfoliator that works on a microscopic level using enzymes. This is very beneficial for skin because it increases the rate of cell turnover, which means that it increases skin radiance and can brighten skin as well. Microscopic exfoliation is very gentle, unlike physical exfoliation methods such as scrubbing. This means that the active ingredients can deeply penetrate to the second layer of skin. Where most of the cell processes resulting in hyperpigmentation are taking place, I hope you've enjoyed our masterclass on hyperpigmentation today. We have covered the commonest causes of hyperpigmentation, as well as effective topical active ingredients incorporated in skincare products that can be used to treat hyperpigmentation. Do visit our website www.scienceofbeauty.net for the podcast transcript, where you can share your thoughts and comments. I'd love to hear from you. You can also follow me on my Instagram at drtiawanlin, where I'll be posting more tips on skincare. <music>